Um, yeah. So yeah, you can cut all that if you want. No, we're definitely going to cut all that. Because I'm not a big fan of openly admitting to crimes. Sayonara, listeners, and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John. Uh, Henry, I can't help but notice... What? I, uh, I don't speak Italian. What did you notice, John? But, uh, I don't think that was Italian for hello. Oh no, that would be buongiorno. Oh. Or that's good morning. Oh, good giorno. Good... Good di giorno. Uh, is Di DiGiorno two giornos? No, no. DiGiorno ribonucleic pizza? It's not delivery, John. It's buongiorno. <laughs> anyway, why? I said goodbye in Japanese, John. Why? I don't know if you remember. We had a little competition. Oh, no. We had a, oh, I totally forgot. The, the best worst competition. Mm-hmm. Remember that episode? Yep. Where, where the concept of the show where two things enter, one wins, and the other is forced to leave town and fade into obscurity. And if, uh, if, if anyone's unaware of this, just think back to some famous Loser Leaves Town matches from wrestling events in the past. It's basically the same concept. Name one. Uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, Mr. Stings. Who, who who had the leave town in that one? Hulk Hogan. He came back as the true American. Oh, this is a this, this is this is history. This is at least forty percent fact. All right. Well, in true WrestleMania fashion, I w, w whatever. Excuse me. The World Wildlife Federation. <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing. What are you gonna do with that audio? Oh, nothing. It's getting cut. <laughs> In true wrestling uh, tradition, I lost the best worst competition by like a point, mm-hmm. or like half a point. I think it was half a point, but I guess I still lost. You still lost, and you better thank God it wasn't a hair match. Oh man, if it was a hair match, would I have to give you my hair? A hair match is the loser has to have his head shaved by the winner. Oh, that's a real thing. In wrestling? Yeah, in wrestling. Hair match. I would never agree to a hair match. Well? You know how much I love my hair? A lot? Yeah. Clearly more than your town. I didn't understand the waiver that we signed, Mm. since it was drafted up by the lawyer that we'd never brought on the show. Yeah, it was kind of a black box, if we're being honest. Is that the airplane device? Uh, yeah. Alright. Anyway. To sum up a really long... Thing that we're doing, I have to leave town. Yeah, Henry has to uh, vacate this beautiful town, and uh, I don't really know where he's going to go. Yeah, uh, it might be parts unknown. I mean, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm just going to go to parts unknown, see what they got. You know, see like, hey, you got any like houses? And you know, <laughs> we'll see where we go. But the the point is, this is this is the final episode. Of zero credits for the year 2016. In this location with these two people. Exactly. Uh, so, this is uh, serious as a heart attack. Henry is legitimately leaving town. 
uh, moving far, far away, and, you know, no one really knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we, we have, we have, John and I have, uh, designs yeah. of what we want to happen. Some, uh, capital G, capital C, good content. Yeah, so there, there's, there might be things to look forward to on the horizon, but it might be in a different format than you're used to, at least for a period of time. And will Henry ever return to the podcast? Who knows? Well, I, I, I was... I mean, I'm not leaving the podcast. I'm just leaving... Who knows? I'm just leaving the town. Yeah. I mean, Zero Credits will continue. Mm. You will see Zero Credits again in 0072. <laughs> Zero Credits will return in... Spider-Man 4, Iron Man... <laughs> That's a really weird subtitle. Yeah. Uh, so I guess to uh, to assuage, assuage, assuage. Tell me, English master, what word are you saying? Assuage, a s s u a g e. Oh, sausage. <laughs> okay, to sausage your fears. Yeah. Uh, we are going to continue uh, unabated, unabetted, and uh, we will just have a normal zero credits leave. Just leave it from your mind that Henry is leaving. Yeah. We will, we will talk about it no more. Exactly. No more whatsoever. We yeah. will have no talking points related to uh, to leaving town or, or leaving your friends. So high energy, high happiness, zero credits. And uh, that's completely and utterly what we're going to do. And uh, that brings us to our first segment... Time-honored, traditional segment that we all have come to love and adore. John, what are we doing? What are we doing, Henry? Oh, I... I I have a talking point. Oh! It's about leaving your town and all your friends. Oh, nice. High energy, good. Super high energy. No, no, it's really, it's about announcing the fact that you're going to be leaving in two weeks mm-hmm. and what that does to the mental state of all your friends and coworkers. <laughs> I can offer maybe some insight on this later. Later? Or now. I, I, look, I'm just saying, you announce that you're leaving a town in two weeks, it's, it's like you are dying. Yeah, no, you are living your wake. Yeah, it, it's like every time you see someone, it's, you know, sad, like, is this the last time... Is this the last time we're going to see each other? And then there's this long, drawn-out goodbye, and then you see him again the next day. Yeah. And it's it's like... It, but it's not like they get to see a ghost. It's not like they're scared of you. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if I died and they saw me the next day, they would be scared. I don't get that. Instead, they just have to do the same thing again. It's like a ritualistic... It's, it's like painful. <laughs> yeah. We're reliving this horrible goodbye that we just did, and now you want to do it again, and it's just like, come on. To be fair, maybe uh, similar to dying, it might be more painful for you, more cathartic for them. Yeah. Because, you know, they're paying lip service to their own emotions. And uh, to my benefit, I've told you goodbye forever at least 14 times the last week. Well, you have, but that's actually how you say goodbye to me on a regular basis. That is that is correct. And you know what? you never know. Maybe <laughs> It's true, you never know. And maybe that's the way to do it. <laughs> Build up an immunity to yeah. that by always saying goodbye forever. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to see them in like an hour. Yeah. Look, all I have to say is, this has been the weirdest two weeks of my time in this town. It's it's really been like, I don't know, everyone watched a news broadcast where they found out that 
I was wanted or something because now everyone wants to hang out with me. Yeah. And they want to turn me into the police for a bounty. It's because they love you for both reasons. I, I know. And a sudden yeah. influx of cash is always something to love. Have uh, Have you found any flowers on your desk at work? I, no, I didn't. I, I got a bag of popcorn from my boss. Oof. Cheesy popcorn. Oof. Man. From a gourmet popcorn plates. I, I actually the bag did not have a name on it. Because of That's fine, but I, anyway. I don't know there was no brand, it just said happy holidays. Okay, but it did taste gourmet. It well yeah, it's you know those tins of popcorn that your mom buys? Oh do I ever. That, yeah, it was like that. Um those tins of popcorn, maybe one of the most delicious seasonal treats. Can we talk about flavored popcorn for just a second? Yeah, we can talk about flavored popcorn for just a second. Why don't more people just eat flavored popcorn? You know what? I don't know how I feel about flavored popcorn. What? Look, hold on. Okay. You go to the movies. Mm-hmm. You buy popcorn. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good popcorn. Uh-huh. You get popcorn anywhere else. They put flavors on it. It's not butter. It's caramel and cheese or chocolate. And it's just like, we should come up with a different name for this. <laughs> a different name for it than popcorn? Yeah, because popcorn to me is the movie popcorn. We'll call that one movie theater popcorn and call the other popcorn anytime popcorn. Anytime popcorn? Literally anytime. You can't eat popcorn at a funeral. <laughs> you can as long as you don't crunch too loud. The eating of popcorn actually is maybe one of the... There's this correlation between how amusing the events surrounding a food are and... How ridiculous you look eating it. Yeah. Because if, you know, the events around you are very somber, like a funeral or a luncheon, you're going to eat foods that, at best, the most noise and spectacle you'll make is like cutting something with a knife or picking something up with a fork. Yeah. If you're surrounded by, like, carnival rides or movies or clowns, you're eating funnel cakes Corn dogs, hot dogs, more funnel cakes, yeah. popcorn, uh, giant cones full of nuts. You know what's funny, though? A hot dog is a pretty silent food. You could probably get away with that at a funeral. It's true. But, I mean, like, popcorn isn't even just the sound, and neither is uh, hot dogs, because popcorn can be pretty silent. But whenever you pick up popcorn, there's no clean way to do it. You, like, reach three or four fingers in there to, like get a little strata sample and you lose a few and maybe one drops on the ground you try to like put them all in your mouth because like popcorn uh is chewed and uh digested pretty quickly but it's high volume so you're like trying to manage this mouth situation you've got going on hot dogs are the same way because like there's no one who looks dignified the instant before they bite a hot dog. No, there really isn't. It's like, it's an equalizing food. You can get it, like, one plank unit of volume away from your lips, but the second your mouth opens to eat a hot dog, you're like, hey. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you look dumb. And then you you get the people who eat the corn dogs, and then there's this, I think it's a picture of uh, Rick Perry trying to eat a corn dog, and he has mustard on the corner, and the mustard's like falling off, so he's doing the panic thing where he's extending his tongue first and trying to, man, no one looks normal trying to eat a corn dog. I mean, I think that's why they were invented, because Cornelius H. Dog wanted to make people look like fools. And then he took their pictures, and then he had them tarred and feathered. Oh, God. Yeah. Th- that, God, that's really... People died from that. 
Tarring and feathering is actually really horrifying. No, it really is. Like, it's in cartoons all the time. You're like, haha, tarring and feathering. But you never saw Bugs Bunny, like, draw and quarter somebody. Yeah, no, that... No, you... <laughs> that... that oddly enough, that didn't happen in that kid's cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But no, tarring and feathering, people died, had burns their whole lives. Yeah. Real bad. Real gruesome stuff. People used to be real mean to each other. And then they made corn dogs and everything got better. You know... How the fuck do you eat a funnel cake? Okay. Do you pick it apart with your fingers and cover yourself in powdered sugar? Do you try to bite it like a little personal pizza and cover yourself in grease and powdered sugar? And then, like, you're breathing out of your nose and you're, like, ejecting the powdered sugar into the air? I'm pretty sure you can eat a funnel cake any way you desire. Yeah, but how do you eat it and minimize your social presence? You don't. What's the worst food to eat? The- Not in terms of... Like, in terms of being around people, what is the least socially acceptable food to eat? Beignets. Beignets? Oh, because they have like an inch of powdered sugar on Yeah, no. Beignets are great because it's like... (laughs) Every time I go to bite one in, I'm like, alright, don't breathe out of your mouth. And then, like, I find myself breathing out of my nose and... (laughs) Yep. Just powdered sugar goes everywhere. And then if you somehow manage to not breathe at all, you just get waterfalls of powdered sugar on your clothes, on the ground. Yeah, no. Do you think every night a million rats come up and, and lick the floor of Café du Monde clean? Yes. I, I think they actually pay the rats in sugar okay. to do that. That's that's a pretty sweet deal if you're a rat, because you don't know what money is. Yeah, I mean, they didn't pay Ratatouille anything. Uh, they paid him in gratitude Gratitude-y? <laughs> gratitude Wait. Wait, Gratitude-y would have made more sense. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, uh, well... Okay, edit it back. It's a shame we used our time machine... To bring back what? What did you watch? God damn it! It only had one use in it. Gratitude. Yeah. Anyway, oh, you have to live with that with the, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh well. Can't wait till you slow that down and replay it five times. Oh, uh, that's not gonna happen. Um. Gratitude. 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 Anyway. Anyway. What are we talking about? Oh, socially unacceptable foods. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> The weird paradox about socially unacceptable foods is you usually have to eat them in a public place. Yeah, I don't think there's any private food that you just can't eat. In front of people? Yeah. Well, I think technically the burrito is borderline. I think I think the burrito is... It's, it's a form factor that tries to maintain as much dignity as possible, but it's failed by the human form. Yeah, no, I think... Uh, in a design perspective, the burrito is supposed to function as a perfect food container. Yeah. But then you add humans to it, and they're just overloading, overstuffing that thing. Yep. Pushing those the tortilla to the limits until the until it just becomes a like a wet mess of ingredients. If it was just if it was, let's say half of what we usually put in burritos, because I get burritos about four or five times a week, and because. Uh, I super duper overfill them because I want to get the most for my money. When I eat them, it's like it's just this big, soggy, exploding mess. But I feel like if I get half of what I usually get, I could eat it, bim, bam, boom, be done with it, barely even eat a napkin. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, technically, the perfect burrito, you don't even technically need a technical plate. Yeah. Because it's just going to be its own thing. Yeah, it's its its own it's its own container, it's its own plate. It's like it's like back in the day when they had like pies, you know. Yeah, they had like eel pie and mm-hmm. all these like a uh, beef Wellington or uh, 
what's it, a Danish pasty? I think that's what that's called. Sure. It's just a, so much food back in old times was meat and vegetables cooked and put into a little taco pie shell. Well, it's, it's... Cornish pasty. That sounds about right. Yeah, from Cornwall. But it's, you basically had a fork and it was a crude fork at that. And that's like your, your only eating implement. So you mostly ate with your hands. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, if you can grab like this, this pastry filled with something, that's much easier than you know trying to scoop burning vegetables with your hands. <laughs> Maybe we should go back to that. I mean, even in antiquity of Indian cuisine, um, most Indian food was not eaten with utensils. It was eaten with naan or just various breads. You would just dip into big slops, delicious slops. Indian food's great, but it's still kind of sloppy. I mean, if you look at the uh, the time-honored fast food tradition, pretty much all fast food is trying to put a handle on food. Yeah. You know, pizza comes with... It, it's it's a portable slice with the crust handle. Mm-hmm. Don't hold it like that, but that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, sandwiches and burgers are just like, these are no need for a plate because my food's all in one place. We even take the meat off of animals and process it to make it easy to handle. Chicken fries, chicken nuggets. Oh my god. Chicken fries should not exist. I still feel like that's an abomination. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the chicken fry. I don't... It's for the person who wants the consistency of a fry, but the texture and flavor of a chicken? You know what? There's a war on. Don't sit on the fence. You're either chicken or you're fry. (laughs) You're not chicken fry. I will take fry over chicken, but... (laughs) That's 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 a hard choice to make. It really is. But um yeah, what's a I guess in terms of food you just don't eat around people like steamed vegetables. Like no one's going to bust out a a hot container of broccoli and just eat it around <laughs> other people. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh I brought enough to share. <laughs> But I have a feeling you're not going to want any of this steamed broccoli. It's steamed, unseasoned broccoli. I have a story about a Whole Foods. A Whole Foods? I did go to a Whole Foods. Thank you for asking. All right. I went to a Whole Foods and I ate at the hot bar. Ooh, the, I've eaten at a hot bar. They're good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of food I can eat, which a lot of places don't do that. But... I saw in the salad section they had big plates full of roasted vegetables. Yeah. Like roasted eggplant, zucchini, squash, broccoli. It all looked really good. So I just heaped some of that on my plate with my tofu and my sweet potatoes and my okra. And I was eating it and it was all hot bar temperature, which is like, it's warm, it's good. Get to the roast vegetables, ready for a roast vegetable party, ice cold. Ooh. Ice cold roasted vegetables. Ooh. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? So that they last longer. I guess, but like, if you see something with char marks on it, you are never going to assume that it's going to be ice cold when you bite into it. Maybe you were supposed to eat that first. No, I mean, I ate this whole thing in like two minutes. Well. I'm a fast eater. At the beginning of the two minutes, you should have started with your... Your lukewarm roast vegetables before they lose all their heat and become icicles. Do you ever fantasize about wealth? Why does it seem like you're bouncing from topic to topic extremely fast? Sorry, I'm... Million had coffee. You had coffee? I did have coffee. That that, that I explains, rarely have coffee. That explains a little bit. Yes, I, I tend to fantasize about wealth. You know how wealthy I want to be? Wealthy enough that you could go to Whole Foods for lunch. 
Well, no, wealthy enough that I could go to Whole Foods and get like a half pan or a pan of their food, like their tofu, and just like have that in my house, because fuck cooking. Oh, so wait, on how regular of a basis? Like weekly. Oh. Oh, you want to make... You want to make weekly tofu pan money. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Actually, because it's like $9 a pound. Man. You know, that's crazy. Well, Whole Foods is expensive because they cater to a higher brow. For sure. You know, people. Is it classist? It's a little classist. Yeah. But I think food in general, if it's not staples, like processed food, should probably cost more than they actually do. Probably. Uh, but... I'm also not sure that I should spend $12 on some asparagus water. Asparagus water? There's this picture going around. Uh, all the Whole Foods have some amount of latitude to what they can put on their shelves. Like, the people in the, like, grill deli area can, like, make new recipes of things and, like, offer those to people. And then they'll price it a certain way. And one Whole Foods, I forget where, was selling cups of asparagus-infused water, which was a cup of water with two sprigs of asparagus in it. For $8, I think. $8? Yeah, and then, you know, went all over the internet like, ha-ha, Whole Foods is expensive. Because it is. It is expensive. But, yeah, I, I bought very few things at Whole Foods, and I spent almost $70. Well, it was expensive. That's what you get when you lead a certain lifestyle. Yeah. You get punished by the capital dollar. You get punished by God. <laughs> or just capitalism. A lot of people at the Whole Foods, like the employees, were really jacked. I don't know why. Well, they're, all they drink is asparagus water. Apparently, that's the true most anabolic supplement is asparagus water. I mean... It goes right to your muscles. Right to your delts. <laughs> just all in the delts. All in the delts. Pure delt. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they go after a certain clientele when they're hiring people. They want people that look healthy. Yeah, for sure. And people who look healthy tend to be jacked. For what it's worth, uh, the guy who was serving me at the deli counter was a heavyset dude with a very prominent mustache who was covered in anime tattoos. Like I said, they want the, <laughs> only the healthiest individuals. Uh, his anime tattoos are actually really good. Oh. Uh, yeah, he had like a whole bunch of Studio Ghibli stuff. Oh, well, I mean... You said anime. You didn't say Studio Ghibli. Those are two different things. He had, like, a that lady from Galaxy Express 999. Yeah, everyone knows that one. You know, I know too much about anime. Let's move on. They're making another season of Fooly Cooly. Are they? Yeah. Is it going to be six episodes long? I don't know how long it's going to be. Mmm. Apparently it's going to feature uh, a girl. Oh. And uh, it's going to feature the alien chick as her teacher. Okay. That'd be cool. Yeah. Hopefully it's not dumb like Kill a Kill. You don't like Kill a Kill? I don't. Did not enjoy it. Is it because of the uh, the weird, I guess, objectification? Yeah. Of, of, of Are they women? <laughs> I guess they're women questionably aged. I don't know. I At some point in history, anime got super sexual. Well... And it used to have an undercurrent of that, sure. And that undercurrent was a little creepy... And now it's like, nah, full creepy. Full creepy all the time. Well, I feel like with how, like, how absurd and in your face it is, they're in a way making fun of the undercurrent that was there by making it overt. Yeah. Not to justify it. Yeah, but I mean, 
maybe I just haven't spent enough time in that culture because my exposure to that culture is like movies and books. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm just not appreciating it as much as someone who has lived there and seen this their whole lives. And maybe it's like a, almost like a, a post-perverse kind of thing. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't can't claim to be an expert, but we are talking about a culture that is weirdly r- oppressive when it comes to sexuality. True. Mm. Sensor bars, man. All them sensor bars. Blur out them gentles. <laughs> Blur out them lentils. <laughs> Blur out them gentlemen. <laughs> what? Blur them gentlemen. Lentlemen. Oh, lentils are good. They're like beans for your heart. But they taste like dirt. For your heart. <laughs> lentils, lentils, they're good for your heart. The more you eat, they taste like diart. That's not a... That's not good. No, that's... That's perfect. So, uh, how are you, Henry? Uh, I'm, I'm alright. I mean, this is, this is, uh, you know, you know. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. How are you, John? Uh, I'm okay. I feel like I'm dominating the conversation a little bit. Well, I mean, you are really hyper right now. That's true. I'll calm down a little bit. Alright. Ooh. I mean, do you have a segment for us? Not particularly. You don't have a segment? I have a lot of disconnected things I want to talk about. I can tell. We we bounced from leaving your friends in town to... to Oh, what was it? What were we talking about? To food. Food. Anime. Uh, actually, all of those were sub-conversations to leaving your friends in town. You're right. Which is, of course, throwing it back to you. Oh, Where'd we leave off? I don't remember. Like all the best stories, this seems like it's going somewhere else, but now all the all the themes are going to tie back into what oh, you were talking about. you're right. So when you're saying goodbye, make sure to have your tin of popcorn and make sure you get an anime tattoo in your new town and don't objectify women. How the fuck did we get to popcorn? You randomly wanted to talk about popcorn. No, you said something about... You ate popcorn. I got popcorn as a gift from my boss. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, we were talking about how people are mourning you with physical objects. Yeah. People have been mourning you with alcohol as well. Well, that's true. It's a common strategy. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've gotten a mixture of alcohol and physical objects. Mm-hmm. A lot of A lot of company, you know, a lot of time spent with me. Yeah. Um, in a way that's kind of like, hey, this is pretty cool. Why are you guys doing this now, though? Because, like, <laughs> I've been here for years... And I've only hung out with, like, some of you guys three times. Yeah. <laughs> What's with the sudden interest? Uh, because they know they're losing you. They want to have time. It's just like when a relative's dying, you hang out with them a little bit more. Well, I get that because you're related. Yeah. I'm not related to these people. Yeah, but you uh, you can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. You're the family they picked. I mean, that's true. I don't feel like I picked some of them back. Is that bad? Am yeah. I a bad person? Yeah, you're a pretty bad person. Well, it's a good thing I'm leaving. Yeah. Blow this popsicle stand. Get the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> Wait. The other day, the other day, I was like, I'm getting ready to blow, and I wanted to say this popsicle stand. You know what I said instead? <laughs> what? I'm getting ready to blow this city goodbye. Oh, no. Oh, uh, <laughs> that could mean two things. Yeah. And neither of them is good. It's dumb. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, I've been making a lot of weird slips of the tongue lately. Hmm. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I have. Where you? Where you? 
I have a very specific instance of that recently. <laughs> um, I I once like uh, wanted to say you're welcome or no problem. One of those two. I forget yeah. the situation, and I ended up saying no welcome. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be the opposite, and you were going to. Be like, you're sorry. Your problem. Yeah. I've done that too. Your problem. <laughs> Your problem. Yeah. That's a that's a mean thing to say if you mean it. Um, a a person who's important in my life for my job. Oh no. Uh, a common interest that we share is like woodworking. Oh, you like to work wood? Yeah, sometimes. Not anymore though. I quit cold oh. turkey. Why'd you quit cold turkey? I don't have a shop. Anyway. Uh, this important person was speaking to me and was asking me, you know, what color I thought a certain piece of furniture that I wanted to make should be. My reply was supposed to be rich mahogany, but my mouth said bitch hogmany. (laughs) John. Yep. John. Yep. You need to make a crayon. And that needs to be the name of the color of the crayon. <laughs> bitch hogmany. Bitch hogmany. And I thought, if spelled out, it would say bitch hog money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> bitch hog money. Yeah. Bitch hog. Uh, oh my that gosh. sucked. Um, another instance of that was, uh, okay, and I still struggle with this. Okay. So if you are trying to use layman's terms to describe the part of a door frame that the lock goes into, you might call it a door hole. <laughs> what? A door hole? You, you might. You, you might, might call it a door if hole. If you were in my circumstances, you might say door hole. All right. If I were not mentally prepared right now to say door hole, every time I try to say I would say dole whore. <laughs> every time. Okay, wait. What what's a door jam? Uh the shit. Is the door door jam. J-A-M-B. Okay, so there's a threshold at the bottom. Right. I think the door jam is the part that keeps it from moving past okay. a certain point, and the door frame is the frame which contains the, the jam. Do- and there's a door hole in- also in the frame. Yeah, but not in the jam. <laughs> there's a door hole, a frame, not a jam. They really should teach people the parts of a door. I know what a hinges is. Well, yeah, it's the brackets on the side of the door that that's most makes it swings. You know, if uh, if you ever get into working on stuff on a home, you will quickly learn there are a million names for things that you had no idea what names was. Probably. And you know what? I'm going to find out what a door hole is actually called. It definitely has a name. Yeah. Uh, you know when you cut something with a saw? You sarn? You know how thick the saw is? Oh, the teeth? Yeah. So if you saw something, you're leaving a space that's the width of the saw. You have to, right? Because you're removing something that is as wide as the saw. All right. You know what that space is called? Uh, what? The kerf. All right. You're just making K-E-R-F, kerf. You're just making up words. This is how we teach people things. I'm going to try to put that into Scrabble or Words of Friends, and you're going to kick it back and say, no, it's not a word. And then be like, John, you lied. I miss Words of Friends. We could play when I move away, and that's our only form of communication. Yeah, but will you still be my friend when you move away? Yes. Yeah. Uh, People don't stop being friends just because they move. Are you still going to be my Facebook friend? Yeah. All that matters. Oh, let's play Blaze Rush. Oh, we could play Blaze Rush. Yeah. 
Blaze Rush is a good game. Guys, Blaze Rush, it's like $5. On Steam. Yeah. It's a dumb little racing game that's actually really ad- addictive that, and fun. It actually rules. It's like RC Pro-Am with guns. Uh, so before we get too out in the weeds talking about video games... What? You want to take a break? Yeah, I want to take a break. Break. I don't feel like drowning. No, sir. No drowning today. That's what John says. So, uh, I, uh, during the break I thought of a segment. I think it's a segment that everyone here is going to appreciate. Yay, structure to the show! Uh, so I was thinking that it's the end of the year. Whoa! And also, holiday cheer. What? So I'm gonna call it end of the holiday drear. Okay, so something can be dreary. Yeah. Can some... Can you experience drear? Is drear real? That's what the segment's name is now. Hall, end of the year... What shit. End of the holiday... God, fuck it. End of the holiday drear. Welcome to the drear. So, uh, once again, keeping with the uh, theme of the podcast, high energy, very happy. Super high, happy energy. You ever notice that around the beginning of December, and it kind of tapers off... Like tapers downward, rolls down the hill from the beginning of December. That we just get locked in stasis at the end of the year. Yeah, we're kind of like, hey, let's not try to make any super big changes before the end of the year happens because I don't know. That's what the New Year's for. I was thinking about that, and uh, there's an old adage in the uh, like the health community that every new diet begins on Monday. Oh. That, you know, if you've already lived through something to a certain point, you're just going to wait for it to roll over before you actually start making positive changes again. Well, it's it's like what people say. It's like, oh yeah, oh man, oh, I just ate that big, huge lobster donut, but, you know, oh, I, I gotta start my diet on Monday. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, you just... It's not starting now, it's starting when something rolls over so you can feel fresh. Um, it's largely unnecessary, but I think... That's what happens to most people. Like, we don't make big life changes at the end of the year. We get kind of beaten down, stuck in our ways, and we just kind of go through the motions until the clock ticks over. Well, it's kind of like the new year, you want to make, like, at least one decision to kind of celebrate the new year. And you want to make one decision that's going against sort of the decisions you'd been making in the previous year. And an easy way to do that is to just do nothing for a month. Yep. Thereby making any decision is making a new decision in your mind than the past month of decisions you've made. I mean, if your decision is to, like, lose weight or start exercising, uh, eating like shit or never exercising before the New Year is an easy way to make that feel much more impactful. You're not wrong. And, you know, uh, New Year's resolutioners are the bane of gym and... Oh, God, no, my gym. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna suck. It's okay, though. They just opened up a Planet Fitness, did you hear? Oh, everyone's gonna go there. Yeah. Perfect. But it's, uh... I don't know. I've definitely felt myself being in a rut. Because the the holidays, man, the holidays are what does it. The holidays are like... They're, they're a time capsule bomb device. When As in, like, when they roll around, it's kind of like, well, it's time to put your life on hold. Mm-hmm. Go back home... Talk to your family about what you did and didn't do over the year, and and then and then after that you leave the family and then time starts again. Because I mean, like starting at Halloween, just these big emotional and like emotions and consumption are at an all time high during these holidays. 
because you're just living your life making small positive changes then you hit these like big like star bursts in your life they shrink back down then you're back where you started hit thanksgiving boom family depression food travel just brings you back down to zero christmas boom family depression food back down to zero well and it might have something to do with where we are in our lives where we spend a majority of our time now living our own life, making our own decisions, mm-hmm. not being like kept in check by anyone but ourselves. And when we return home for these holidays, we're suddenly in a, in a state of, you know, you got your parents over you again. Mm-hmm. Not in the same sense as when you were a, a kid, but they still kind of they do some policing even if they don't really mean to and i mean they still exercise a huge amount of control over your life just by being your parents yeah you know your mom being like oh you shouldn't have made that decision is always going to destroy your self-esteem pretty much pretty much no matter what that's that's what's gonna happen and i think that this time in our lives is another uh it's pretty important to think about because we are living a time in our lives where we have you know let's say thanksgiving and christmas or hanukkah or whatever you celebrate just the holidays we are beholden to others in our family to provide those for us we're not providing those things for ourselves or for our own families they're not a thing that we have agency over they're a thing that we partake in and we're kind of tied up in everyone else's emotional state as a part of that. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 the time of obligation, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the, the obligation season is here, and now you got to fulfill these obligations just because you exist. I feel like the uh, the coin has flipped because I feel like originally, like Thanksgiving and the holidays were. You eat a bunch, and eating a bunch feels really good, and then you give each other material things, and that feels really good. So you get more and more people in this space wanting to partake in those things. But now you have so many people that you're eating and giving and receiving gifts to give yourself some kind of mental analgesic against the the huge depressing wave of family and personal issues. I mean, as families grow, everything explodes, you know? Mm-hmm. The amount of gifts to buy or receive... The amount of food to prepare, the amount of potential problems that could affect different members of the family, but kind of everyone feel you know, you've ever been in a room where something happened in one family and it kind of affects everybody else in the room? Yep. I mean, there's a kind of weird psychic connection between families where it's just like, everything affects everything else, and it just has a really large potential to either be really great... Or be really downing, mm-hmm. downer, and then gra- and then gravy is a painkiller. Yeah, you know if, you, you if you're into that, you eat and you drink and you give gifts because you're like I want to engage in bacchanalia because everything else is making me sad. But uh, I mean, the upswing, the upside to this is also a downside. But as we get older, our perception of time speeds up. Oh no. And so it, we're, it feels like we have to deal with it for a lesser amount of time than we actually are. But then the next time is much sooner than it was the previous time. Hey, it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect thing. It's not. And I really wish they could, they could sell like a, a pill or a loaf of bread <laughs> that will undo the, uh, that perception of time speeding up thing. Yeah. Because man, that's. We, our lives are short already. We don't need we don't need the perception of our lives to speed up. Wait, you you don't know about the the loaf of bread that slows down time? 
You've never bought a time loaf? Look, look, I'm not saying that I'm calling dibs on the loaf of bread that slows down time as a book title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, look for it. 2018, probably starring a uh, Matt Damon. Oh, cool. He hasn't done enough stuff. Yeah. I don't know what type of story it is, but Matt Damon has already signed on. Have you ever uh, seen that movie, Edge of Tomorrow? I have seen that movie, Edge of Tomorrow. It's a pretty good movie. Is it? Yeah. I really want to watch it. Not because I've heard it's a good movie just now, but uh, because it. I was shopping today at a, at a Beast Buy, which is, I believe how you pronounce it. And I was looking for a copy of Die Hard, because it's my favorite movie of all time, and also it's Christmas. It's a really good Christmas movie. And my girlfriend's never seen it. Your girlfriend has never seen Die Hard. So she's going to see at least the first two. Huh? I mean, the the third one, spoilers, can't say, but the... The connection between the first and third one, I think, is that that's worth seeing. Yeah, and I think that uh, the the first Die Hard, best of all of them. Yes. Second Die Hard, uh, one of the worst, but it's also a good holiday time movie. I'd say it's more of like a post Christmas movie, and Die Hard is like a Christmas Eve movie. But then Die Hard with a Vengeance is a summer movie. Yeah, yeah, you watch that in like June or July, or in the winter when you want to be warm. Yeah. Oh, that movie's got such a warm color palette. I haven't actually seen the third one. It's really good. Yeah, yeah the third one's really, really good. I just know about it. Um, and then uh, Live Free, Die Hard, Die Harder, whatever. Uh, hey, well, stop after three. Yeah, stop after three. They're bad. Yeah. But anyway, I was in Beast Buy, and I was uh, perusing the DVDs, and I saw a movie, uh, uh, Live, Die, Repeat, which is what Edge of Tomorrow was renamed when it came on DVD, because I believe that there was like some copyright thing. No. Oh? Just rebranding. They just chose to... Rebranding to make the movie sell more, because it didn't do as well in the box office as they wanted. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow is an extremely bland name, but also Live, Die, Repeat is also... That was the tagline of the movie. Oh, okay. Well, the most important part of all this is it's all loosely based on a Japanese comic book called The Most Amazing Thing in the World, All You Need Is Kill. Nice. <laughs> it's called All You Need Is Kill. That's that's really nice. It's the best name of anything ever. Look, look, the Japanese have a very, very special way with words. They really do. It's, Especially when it comes to titles. It's, it's all fantastic. It, it, it feels like someone magical has discovered our language and is re- rearranging it into the correct order. Uh, Cowboy Bebop? Samurai Champloo. I mean, two word titles probably not gonna work as well. Yeah. One Punch Man. One Punch Man, fantastic. I mean, yeah. Um. Oh. Kill a Kill. Kill a Kill. Uh, Ikiru. That's a movie. Uh, wait. What is the one? East of Eden. Yeah, East of Eden by uh, what? It's a very famous. Uh, that's a Steinbeck book. I know. Very famous anime movie. Really? Yeah. But it's a Steinbeck book. I know it's a Steinbeck book. Is it an adaptation? I don't think it is. Wow. And titles can't be copyrighted. Yeah. Uh, Can I they mean, not? They can't be. Oh. A title... I You could go out and make a Lord of the Rings titled something. I mean, you would get sued. Oh, okay. But technically, the title's not copyrighted. Can I call, uh, can I make a movie called Disney Mickey Mouse? <laughs> you could probably not use Disney, I mean, you can't use trademarks, basically. Oh, okay, okay. Weird. It's, anyway. It is weird. Uh, anyway, hey. Yeah. 
What were we talking about? Die Hard. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Live, Die, Repeat. That's all I wanted to say about that. But no, uh, other than Die Hard, just really, the, the end of this year is kind of killing me. Well, I mean, look. It's going to be fine. 2016... We've all come to the consensus that it was a bad year. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to be looking forward to the next year. Because there's this weird kind of thing where people think each year has the potential to be different. That is kind of ridiculous. When you, when you think about it, it's like the, the things that happen in the year have a way of like characterizing the year as a whole. Mm-hmm. But these are just events happening at the time that they would happen. And I, I don't think there's anything about us ticking over to a new year that means it will be different or better. We just hope so. Yeah. We hope that we live through a period of time which can be categorized in history as not being as bad as the one before it. I mean, isn't that the general hope of humanity? I think that's all humanity's ever tried to do. Is tr- make the next rotation around the sun a little bit better than the last one. And hey, we flubbed up this last year, but hey, we might get better. I just wish that more people could be in the position of power to help everyone experience a better year because i mean certain people certain people in the class structure certain very rich very very rich people they probably had a great year oh yeah no doubt i mean if i could take a bath in coins i think i would have well i would still smell yeah true i mean you'd smell of money but i mean it's gonna be a pretty sweet year to be a huge privately interested business owner make millions or billions of dollars and then get a cabinet position and then also, what a sweet year and then also get a christmas bonus yeah because you deserve it get a bonus for leaving the company and joining government have you seen the new ducktales cast oh i have david tennant is mr uh, scottish duck McScrooge. McScrooge. Scrooge. No, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Scrooge McScrooge. Yes, David Tennant's McScrooge. Uh, Danny Pudi. Who? Danny Pudi. Who? Uh, have you ever watched Community? Yeah. Oh, him. Abed. Yeah. Da- Danny Pudi. Yeah. P- Putty? I, I'm, Pudi? I'd say Pudi. Pudi? He, he's, one of, he's one of the, you know, they're, they're triplets. You know, they got the triplet Yeah, ducks. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, he's one of them. Uh, you know who else is another one? Who? John Ralphio. What? From uh, Parks This and is Red. amazing. And you know who's the last one? Who? The, uh... Oh, the, Nick Offerman. The, 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 the portly guy from Saturday Night Live. Oh. I don't know his name, and that's a terrible, horrible description it... of a human person. I mean, there are a couple portly dudes... The white one. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I. I no, I, not Cal. No, I do know. I do know. Oh no! I oh, was... that'd be amazing <laughs> if it was John Ralphio. Oh, John Ralphio, Danny Pudi, and Keenan. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> but good. That's not what it is. But uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, Ever since they made that remaster of Ducktales for the NES, yeah, Super NES, that they remade. It was really the good. Game. But uh, I, I, I mean, I, I never really watched Ducktales as a kid. I don't know if I'm going to watch Ducktales as a reboot. I watched a surprising amount of Disney Channel stuff: Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I watched that. Ducktales. Nope. Darkwing Duck. Nope. Uh, you didn't watch Darkwing Duck. Nope. Let's get dangerous. Didn't watch it. Let's get dangerous. I watched Tailspin. Tailspin. Ooh. Wait, no. <laughs> it's a. That's not. The, What's mean, the theme song to Tailspin? I don't remember. Da, 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 aeroplanes, it's a tailspin. Yeah. Man, those theme songs were good. No, that was it was it was like the the classic super era of 
uh, theme songs. Every 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 cartoon had a really kicking theme song. It seemed like every cartoon back then was good, but maybe it's just because I'm remembering the ones that society remembers as being good. Well, the thing is, it's... Okay, so we're not remembering, like, okay, I don't know, Little Mermaid cartoon... Not I remember a Little Mermaid cartoon. King Triton was a controlling dick. Well, he was the king. Yeah, but he was also... Look, I he, never watched this. Okay, so King Triton... Okay, he was not okay with Ariel doing anything. I mean... He thought she was boy crazy. She just wanted somebody. She had a fish and a crab. Look... Ariel should do what Ariel wants. Okay, well, we we didn't remember that one. We're not. We didn't na- remember the the Aladdin the Aladdin cartoon. I, re- I remember the Aladdin. You're cartoon. remembering them now because I'm pointing them out. Yeah, no, I would not remember them easily. We're not remembering. Um, oh, I don't remember. I, uh, we're not remembering ah real monsters. Well, what, I was just focusing on Disney. Oh, okay, yeah. Wait, Bonkers. The 101 Dalmatians TV show. They had a TV show? They did. Also, yeah. I remember Bonkers, kind of. I, I actually watched Bonkers. Uh, yeah, they did have a 101 Dalmatians TV show. Yeah, that sound. What What adventures? Just <laughs> puppies being... Yeah, pup- just too many puppies? <laughs> too many puppies. Every episode, the dad walks in and goes... We have too many puppies. <laughs> and then it goes, wah, wah. And then, the, and then it ends. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> and the wife is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, what else was there on TV? Okay, well, now we can switch to Nickelodeon, because then you got your Hey Arnold, your Rugrats, your All Real Monsters, you got your Rocco's Modern Life. Your Doug. Your Doug. You got that Doug. You got that Cat Dog. Cat Dog was a little later for me. Actually, I wasn't into Cat Dog. I never liked Cat Dog. And then you got your Cartoon Network, you got your Cow and Chicken. I hated it. You got your Courage the Cowardly Dog. Loved it. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Loved it. Uh, shit, what else was on Cartoon Ed, Ed, and Eddie might have, might be the greatest cartoon of our time. Um, I have not seen it in years and years and years. Yeah. I remember Jawbreakers. The premise was just kids trying to come up with really more and more complicated scams to get quarters to buy Jawbreakers. That's the entire premise. It's a perfect, it's a loop. Yeah. Uh, and it's even a cul-de-sac, so it's like, it's circular in nature. Was, uh, oh, let's talk about the WB. Freakazoid. Uh, okay, Freakazoid. Animaniacs. Animaniacs, Tiny Toons. Yeah, Tiny Toon Adventures. Those are Man, all good. Tiny Toons was great. Tiny Toons was like a very good distilled parody of Looney Tunes. WB might actually have been like the the home of highbrow kids entertainment at the time. Well, I think... All three things we just named had a Steven Spielberg backing. That would make sense. They, they all came from the same kind of like studio. They were all being made at the same time. Mm-hmm. Animaniacs uh, had less attention to it because Steven Spielberg was really more invested in uh, Freakazoid and uh, Tiny Toons. Which is really interesting because Animaniacs might have been the most highbrow... If you watched Animaniacs growing up a lot, you know way more about movies than you probably should have at that time. Oh yeah, oh no, all the references that were probably for the adults, but mm-hmm. like kind of sunk in anyway. Yeah, it it was a show for children about Hollywood. They had a parody of Les Mis. They did. Yeah, they had some of the most informative, uh, catchy songs ever. I learned about Beethoven. Yeah. It was weirdly educational. And then Freakazoid was uh, kind of informational, I think. It was more about gags and like superhero kind of things. Yeah, it was, it was very, uh, very comic book fo- focused. Very, 
kind of incisive jokes and satire about comic books. Kind of like an, an early Deadpool, but, you know, with more slapstick. And I think there was a... Yeah, there was like a Punisher character in Freakazoid who had like mother issues and people were like why are you solving all of your problems with violence he's like i'm inadequate yeah well it's pretty funny look cartoons back in the day were good yeah and now what do we get kayo fuck kayo i don't know what that is it's a french bald kid okay no i mean cartoons today i think have already similar quality i'm not there you gotta pick and choose yeah true i mean last airbender Fantastic. Uh, Legend of Korra was okay. Halfly fantastic. Um, what else? You, I mean, you got Adventure Time. That's great. Uh, was it? Is it? Gravity Falls. Uh, I mean, fantastic. I mean, Adventure Time was good for three seasons. Sure, that's fine. I should watch the more recent seasons, I guess. Um, you got uh, Over the Garden Wall. Uh, fantastic. Not meant for children, probably. I but children should watch it. Yeah. it's Life lessons. Yeah. You gotta take care of your brothers. You got Bojack Horseman. No. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> great cartoon! It's a great cartoon, you know. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of. Uh, oh man, you know what you should watch today? What's up? There's a there's a really uh, smart, uh, like kind of kid show cartoon on Netflix as a Netflix original. I'm of course referring to Dino Trucks. Dino Trucks. Dino Trucks. Dino Trucks. It is dinosaurs who are trucks. And. A lot of Transformers? No, they're just dinosaurs and trucks. They, no one transforms. You said they were dinosaurs who are trucks. Yeah, they are dinosaurs with wheels and truck parts, but they're in the shape of dinosaurs. You've watched this. They solve problems. They solve problems? Yes. What, what kind of problems do they solve? Hold on, let me pull up dino trucks on my phone. Alright, pull up dino trucks. I'll stall for you. Dino Trucks, it reminds me of Beast Wars, which was a good show when I was a kid that used computer graphics instead of hand-drawn animation. The song doesn't have any rhythm to it. La 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 la. Beast Wars is my friend. You're a Beast Wars? Be- Dude, yeah, every day. Uh, let me tell you the plot of, of Dino Trucks. Oh, are we back? Am I not stalling anymore? Yeah, no. Okay. Beast Wars was good, I liked it. Yeah, Beast Wars was great. I think uh, Megatron is best when he's not a gun. Yeah, he's better when he's a... a well, he he's a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, right? Yeah. Because the bad guys were dinosaurs. A prehistoric world set in the Mechazoic era is populated by hybrid dinosaur construction vehicles called Dino Trucks. Did you say Mechazoic? And by hybrid reptile tools called Reptools. Two best friends, Ty, a Tyrannosaurus Trucks, and Revit... A reptile must team up with other inhabitants of the world to defend their community and their work from an evil Tyrannosaurus trucks named Destructs. Destructs. Yes. Um, Tauntaun and Ankylodump. Skya, the Craniosaur. Dozer, a Dozeratops. Hold on. Garby, a Stegarbosaurus. It's a garbage truck. John, yes. Do you watch this show? Uh, Click Clack, a Rotilian Reptile. What, John? Yes. Have you watched this show? I mean, I have watched it. You like it? Uh, how many stars did you give it? Oh, on uh, on Netflix. Yeah, ten. <laughs> 
so yeah, that's Dino Trucks. You should probably give it a listen. Uh, whatever happened to Beast Wars? I think it got canceled. Shit. So this is just us talking about cartoons now. Yeah, we just transitioned straight into just talking about cartoons because of the DuckTales. We reboot. don't do that a lot. Well, I, I don't know. I, I never really watched TV as a kid. What'd you do instead? I played outside with my imagination. Uh, I played video games. Nice. Those are basically cartoons. Yeah. I played Aladdin on the Sega Genesis. That was cool. Oh, dude, Disney used to make some really good games. That Lion King game that was impossible? That Lion King game, I beat it when I was a child. You beat it? I No shit, I think that I played that game for hundreds of hours to beat it. It was designed as an arcade game. So it was designed to eat up your lives so you couldn't keep playing. I could see that. Yeah. There was a... There was a specific time in my life where I remember being a child, having a Super Nintendo or whatever, and I would just... I'd play things, and I would fail, and I would fail again and again and again, and I would get the timing down, and it would be so satisfying to get better at a video game. I swear to God, if I die in a video game today, I will never play it again. Really? If I fail multiple times at a video game, I become angry i'm like i have better things to do with my time i uh, don't play dark souls i mean i love dark souls for some reason but like don't play overwatch there was a specific thing that annoyed me in the phantom pain never finished it love that game to death you I never finished the phantom pain. never all the way finished it what you never know that i don't know anything about the phantom pain yeah story's not important with that game i mean sure it is they finished that story in metal gear solid 4 let's not talk about metal gear we're not talking about a lot of things right now. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Um, let's... I don't know. Let's say we've got seven more minutes to fill with content and you're <laughs> allowed to talk about anything you want to talk about. I mean, I look, look, look. Look, John. Yeah. I don't know. About what? I don't know about anything. Oh. I'm standing at the precipice of, like, really huge life events and my, fo- my phone... Just buzzed with an alert telling me that I'm moving tomorrow. Oh no! Like I'm, I've got, I've got, I'm at the uh, what do they call that? The door edge. Yeah, the threshold. The threshold. The door. The door hold. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I'm at, I'm at a, I'm at a blank state, a tabula rasa, if you will. So you'd say that you're just kind of waiting for this next chapter to happen. A little bit. Because your new diet's going to start on Monday. Look, my new diet starts Monday, which is tomorrow. Yes. And so, I don't know. We'll take it from there. I guess that's kind of what this episode's been. Just two dudes at a transitionary point in their lives. We don't really know where to go or what to do. I think you just summed up the podcast. Maybe so. We're just two guys in the weird transitionary part of our life who don't know what we're doing to the point where we don't even know what to talk about. Yeah. Maybe it's a good thing that this is the, the last full episode of Zero Credits for the year. Maybe it is. I feel like this year's really beaten it out of us. No, yeah, and I, I, I we're going to go on a tiny little, tiny, tiny, tiniest of hiatuses. Mm. And uh, we're going to recoup, recover, and, and then we're going to come back swinging. And that, that new year... What do you think stops this transitionary period? Because this transitionary period of this year, that's going to end when we flip over. But what about this period in our lives? Is it marriage? 
Is it kids? No, I, I think it, it could be any milestone that you choose. Well, any milestone that results in a huge change in your life. Okay. So, like, my huge change is I'm moving to a different state and a new city. So that's... My transition will be from here to there. Um, and hopefully that leads to, you know, a greater sense of employment and achievement and purpose in life. Stuff like that. This, this might be your thing. This might be the thing that starts the next chapter of most meaningful chapter of your life. Wait, what is this? The, your move. Oh, yeah, no, it might be. I, I'm hoping that it is. It's going to be your thing. Yeah. And I'm still here. Starring Joaquin Phoenix. However, I, I think if you find out you're, you're in a transitionary period, you, you need to try to, I don't know, at least enjoy it. Yeah. Try to make the best of the situation that you find yourself in always. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, you might find yourself out of a transitionary period without even realizing it. Because the easiest way out of a transitionary period is to make a huge change. Mm-hmm. But you can make a small change, as in just being happy about what you have, mm-hmm. and then you might not feel the like the, the the dragging on of a transitionary period anymore because you're now happy with your circumstances. And I think maybe enjoying a transition is part of life. Yeah, you know, uh, this new year is going to start soon, but we've got holidays, we've got consumer gifts to enjoy, we've got food to eat and alcohol to drink, and even though that's st- that diet's going to start on Monday. We can eat some pizza right now. I mean, John, at the end of the day, there's pizza. And with that, I think that'll take us right into the plugs. We, we've come finally come super full circle with our with our podcast. I believe so. Yeah. So uh, if you want to engage with Zero Credits in the new year, moving on to our new modalities and paradigms and status quos... You can uh, you can send us a missive at zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com. Oh, if you want to get in touch with us in a shorter 140 character length message, you can get at us at Twitter on Twitter at <laughs> Twitter on Twitter. <laughs> well, our Twitter is at Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, I got stuck in a loop. We are at Z-C-P-C-W-H-J, and John's about to explain what that stands for. Uh, that stands for Zen Can't Prove What Henry Job. Alright, I think he missed a C. Z-C-P-C. Oh, Zen Can't Prove Cars. What's Henry's job? You're right, Cars 3 turns out it's about me. And uh, lastly, we've got uh, we got a 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 uh, uh, Facebook. We got a Facebook. Just do a Facebook search for Zero Credits Podcast while you're too busy looking up the images that your significant other has liked, so that you can feel an uh, untoward sense of aggression. Uh, so while you're doing that, uh, check us out. Yeah, we should be the first result when you type in Zero Credits Podcast, and if we're not. Try to make us that first result by clicking on us. Click us, like us, send us a message, share us with your friends. And as always, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud. We're not on SoundCloud anymore. We're still on iTunes, I hope to God. We're still on iTunes. Uh, I think we're on most other places where you can get podcasts except Stitcher. 
Uh, if you want to get us, you can get us. And if you hear this, you already got us. Like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, one last tiny message before we leave today. Look, John and I have a very depressing outlook about the holidays. That doesn't mean the holidays are depressing. So try to have a good one. Try to have a good holiday, and we will too. Yeah, don't be like us. Yeah, we're supposed to be role models of what not to be. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you take anything from this podcast, if we never hear from you again, don't be like us. Don't be like us. Be a good sport. Oh my god, it's really coming full circle.